The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read Betside. It's college football betting show, bowl season edition, college football playoff semifinal edition. We got a loaded show here, so we brought the big guns for the postseason. We brought in Chris, the Bear Felica of ESPN's College Game Day for the end of the year. Pumped to have him on, pick his brain on how he bets bowl season, how he's betting these actual bowl games, and of course, the college football playoff semifinals. Chris, thank you for joining the show. How's it going? I'm 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 doing well. Yeah, a lot going on these days with the start of bowl season. We got the World Cup semifinals on right now, so you might be catching me time and time again peering over to my left to uh, see if we can get Croatia through. But uh, no, it, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's, it's a busy time of the year, and uh, unfortunately, we had some some sad news this morning with the the passing of Mike Leach, who was uh, I think we can all <clears throat> say that I mean college football is a sport that is so much better and the reason it's so unique and loved uh, is, is because of all the characters in the sport and Mike Leach was an original w- w- within the sport I mean and uh, what he did innovating offenses was of course his impact on the field but I think all of his spontaneous wit and pondering and thoughtful responses and inquisitive responses at press conferences were uh, were the things that made him uh, who he was. And I can remember when we were at college game day uh, in at Washington state with college game day, a few years back, one of the, uh, one of the signs in the background was that image, the, the Costanza Seinfeld image with uh, Mike Leach's head on the Costanza body. He actually wanted that sign. So we sought out the people in the stands who had that sign and he actually wanted to put it up in his office. So uh, it just kind of goes to show it's kind of the, the wit and the, and the humor that, uh, that he had. So it's, it's a sad day for all of us who, uh, who love the sport so much. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously tragic news. And, you know, I was going to ask you for an anecdote about uh, coach Leach, but you know, the show will go on, but obviously college football lost one of its uh, best coaches. It's pioneers in the sport. I mean, his coaching tree uh, is long and wide at this point. So, you know, uh, rest it, rest in peace, Mike Leach. And, you know, we will go on with the show, but you know, we will miss you coach and, you know, everything you brought to the sport. So moving on though, Let's talk how we handicap bowl season because it's kind of become like an art, right? Because the transfer portal so wild, there's NIL, there's opt-ins, opt-outs, everything's going crazy. I mean, just today, Western Kentucky's quarterback, Austin Reed, he hit the portal last week. He's now out of the portal. He might play in their bowl game against South Alabama coming up. Uh, so, I mean, listen, there's like no rules here. It's like the Wild West. So, Chris, I'll ask you, is there a special science you have for betting bowl season? Is it merely informational is it, you know, because on a given week, you want to bet early in the week. You want to get ahead of some numbers. This is kind of, you could bet whenever you want. A player could opt out and go pro and the bet's up in flames. So is there any tips and tricks to betting bowl season, you think? Or it's kind of everything's on their own. You're on your own it, here. It's it's hard. I mean, it, it, I mean, at least in the NFL preseason, you kind of have an idea of coaches saying, okay, starting quarterback's going to play two drives and the back, you kind mm. of figure it out as to whose backups are going to play more and what the purpose of the game is. 
here it's all information seeking uh, if you're going to get down pre-kick mm. uh, and you've seen some ridiculous moves already with you with i mean the oregon state number going from six and a half to ten the smu number uh is flying the tennessee number uh with clemson made it made a big move so it's hard to play you can't chase the move you can't you don't want to get mm-hmm. on it after the move is played but at the same time there is a reason why the move took place, so you really can't be sure about taking the other side and getting the inflated number. I think a lot of my ball plays, uh, for the most part, are, are going to be in-game. I, I think if you watch a couple of drives, you get a much better idea of, uh, of who's actually into it and who wants to play uh, than maybe taking a chance and doing a little guesswork and amateur psychology beforehand. So unless you get some good information on a lot of these earlier games, uh, I like I, I don't I don't think I'm going to touch a game probably for uh, at least pre kick for probably about another uh, eight, eight eight nine days or so. Yeah. These, these games this weekend the moves are the moves have already happened and if you didn't have the information beforehand it's it's hard to hard to get down. Yeah, it's not something where you hit a certain point because if a star quarterback's going to opt out, going back the other way and playing against it, like oh we don't like there's it's unquantified how what the impact is going to be and then. It's college football. It's not like the NFL where you have to release injury reports. Like you might not know someone's not playing until they're on the field. Uh, on they're they're on the field and you don't see a player warming up or you see a player in sweatpants. You just don't know. So it's yeah. Like I get like I get people who like oh I can't lay ten and a half points with Oregon State, but it's like do you really want to take ten and a half with Florida with exactly basically a wild a wildcat offense with no real quarterback on the roster. Like you know that's the conundrum that you're in. Um, if you're if you're not privy to what's going on beforehand. Oh yeah, for sure. I I think that you know what I did this year was I kind of made a little list whether it was like a mental checklist or not of like teams that could maybe be on the downswing that like teams you, you may want to fade given how their season ended, who's on the roster, are they maybe going pro or not? Like kind of hints and you know being plugged into the market. So you know hopefully we can hand out some you know some interesting numbers that are still available, but these things are going to move and it may yeah. be best. Like don't be married to your number. Cause you don't know who's going to get opt, opt out. Yeah. Um, who's going to opt out. But so let's start with the games that definitely matter. This is not exhibition. This is real games here. Uh, college football semifinals. We're going to start with the Fiesta bowl, Michigan. We'll call it seven and a half total 58 and a half against big, uh, big 12 representative TCU bear. How do you see this going and Michigan? I mean, kind of a rocket ship. Uh, blow out Ohio State, throttle Purdue, run up the score at the end, make sure they get that cover. And uh, you think the Wolverines keep it rolling and they get um, to the national championship game? Or is this TCU kind of hype train that they lost their first game? But I think it's been incredibly impressive what you've seen from Sonny Dykes in his first year and Max Duggan. Do you think that they can hang around, you know, catching a little bit more than a touchdown? Yeah, I think they can hang around. But I, I think the when – the, the numbers first came out and there were some nines and nine and a halfs even available. Like I thought TCU might be the play there, but where it is now, seven, seven and a half, we'll call it seven and a half. I, I think this has the feel to me like a game where what we've seen Michigan do for a good part of the year, just wear people down as the game goes on. And <clears throat> TCU has got a basically a month to, to rest up and, and heal up after that uh, crushing Big 12 title game lost to Kansas State. So th- so they'll be coming into this game as healthy as they've been in a long time with Quentin Johnson healing up and Max Duggan getting a, 
a few weeks to catch his breath. But I ultimately just don't know if they're going to be able to run the football on Michigan on that front. And if they're able going to be able to stand up to four quarters of the Michigan running game, even without Blake Corbin there and you're relying on Donovan Edwards. for So I, I can see this being right around the number for most of the game. And maybe late Michigan, maybe Michigan punches one in late mm-hmm. to get across the number for a, uh, for a double digit win. But I, I don't think this will be a complete blowout by any means. Yeah. Usually it's interesting because the college football playoff semifinals, they tend to be blowouts. They tend to not be that mm-hmm. exciting. I think, you know, we're going to look at two games that are going to be hyper competitive. I just, that's just how I see it. I think it's funny. Both your bets on these games are going to be on the side. I'm on two different totals in this game. I think the first half under as my play, the trend with both these teams is they get going in the second half. Like you mentioned, Michigan's physicality. Um, They are one of the highest scoring teams, second in the nation in second half points per game. TCU, we've seen them get going in the second half, rally late. Um, I mean, how many comebacks have they had in, you know, late scores? So I think first half under is the way to go here. Michigan, bottom 15 in terms of plays per minute. TCU, bottom 40. That 3-3-5 defense with Joe Gillespie, I've mentioned it all season long as we've rode TCU to the college football playoff. Uh, limits explosive plays in. You know, Michigan hit Ohio State over the top. Uh, chunk plays against Purdue. I think this is going to be a more buttoned-up approach early and I think it's a slower start. So first half, I saw some 30 out there. It's not widely available, so this might come out closer, like 28. Anything above 28, though, I think going under in the first half. And then second half, maybe this game opens up a little bit. So there's our Fiesta Bowl preview. Michigan, uh, Bears taking Michigan minus 7.5. I'm going to take the first half under 30, as there's our recap graphic there. Uh, moving on to the Peach Bowl, uh, local Georgia. I mean, they, they basically only play in Atlanta at this point. Um they're hosting Ohio State, who fell backwards into the college football playoff. Well, it doesn't matter whether they deserve to be there or not. They're there. Uh, Georgia, six all the and options, half. Yes, they deserve to be there. <laughs> six and a half, seven-point favorite. Total, 62 and a half. That total's been climbing, spread, staying a little steady. Bear, how do you see the side playing out in this one? And, you know, does Ohio State have a chance? Do they bounce back after, uh, you know, kind of getting pants by their rival in the final game of the regular season? Well, I, 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 I would expect Ohio State to bounce back. Um, I think Georgia could have some difficulty against the, uh, the Ohio State receivers at time if the Ohio State front can protect C.J. Stroud for just long enough. Now, we all know Jackson Smith and Jigba is not going to play. We think their running back should be a little bit healthier. But this is more of a more one of those psychological plays that I was kind of talking playing amateur psychologist that Ohio State will be up for this game. They will view it as an opportunity after being bad mouthed for a month that they shouldn't even be in the playoff. <laughs> now they get in, and now you're a big dog, and you're going into the backyard of the defending national champions. And it's going to be a big home field edge for for Georgia. I, I think all of those things kind of work in Ohio State's favor. Um, in, in the matchup on the field, I do worry a little bit about the matchup up front and the fact that you have uh, a Georgia offensive line, which kind of push people around. And we've seen, obviously, Ohio State lose that battle up front and seem to lack that toughness that might be required, as we've seen against Michigan the last couple of years and maybe what we'll see here again against, uh, against Georgia. So I'm going to go into the game. I'm going to take Ohio State plus the six and a half. And we're going to see how it goes. If it looks like it might be a chance where 
uh, a deal where this thing is going to get out of hand early. Maybe you buy a little bit back and you pay you pay a little tax if you take mm-hmm. George on the money line or something to uh, to see maybe if you can catch a, a backdoor maybe or something. But but I I have a feeling Ohio State will show up and uh, don't know if they can get the outright win, uh, but I I do like them plus the points. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and we'll come back to how this playoff might uh, kind of go and play out some permutations and stuff like that. But, you know, there is a lot of similarities to Ohio State in 2014 when they kind of backpedaled into the playoff. They end up beating Alabama, beating Oregon. They win the the national championship. So there are some similarities. I don't know if the teams are really the same, but I think it is an interesting parallel, especially with TCU was kind of in the mix to maybe uh, get screwed out also. Um, I agree. Numerically, I think Ohio State – it, this is an inflated number towards Georgia. I think Ohio State is less than a touchdown. But I don't know if I could actually bet it just from what I saw in that Michigan game. And that leads me to my play. Georgia team total over 34 and a half. I think for Ohio State to win and keep up, it's going to future points. It's going to future both teams getting into the 30s. We saw Michigan hit, take the top off this Ohio State defense. Georgia's passing game is the underrated part of this team. You think Georgia would set some Bennett. You think ground and pound, we're going to run over you. The passing game is fifth in EPA per pass and first in success rate. The passing game is unbelievable this year. And I'm I'm a little nervous. Or what were you going to say about the passing well, game? Well, I was going to say you, you're right. And I, and I think that's one of the things where you will probably find some major mismatches with, with, with Washington and Brock Bowers against some of those linebackers. And if they have A.D. Mitchell back healthy, uh, that would be a plus. And uh, the McConkie injury I don't think is a big deal. I think he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be fine. So, so you're right. I mean, there, there potentially could be – a lot of opportunities there for Stetson Bennett to, to create some big plays. And if that happens, that's what really drives the Georgia offense because they're kind of, they, they, they kind of use that to kind of open up the running game underneath. You worry about the going over the top, but now we can run the ball and really just play up line scrimmage. Yeah. And I, so they stayed mm-hmm. under this team total in four games, 33, nothing at Sanford. I think that speaks for itself. They struggled yeah. against Missouri only scored 26 points, Tennessee. They put up 27 points, but you watched that game. They turned it off in the fourth quarter. They didn't. They, yeah, I mean, I, they, they, they had a little something to do with the two. Started raining pretty heavily at the times during that game. Too. Exactly. So I think if Georgia had foot on gas pedal, they would have cleared this number. And then Kentucky 16 to six, kind of just a, a mess of a game on the road. Kentucky wasn't interested in moving the ball at all. Ohio state, obviously they need to move the ball to keep up. So I think Ohio state could absolutely cover this. I just think I'm most confident there's Georgia offense getting theirs. I don't see Ohio state shutting them down completely. So I like the Georgia team total over um, as my best bet in this. And then, Bear, just really quick on not necessarily national championship odds, but do you think that this is Georgia's – they're the clear favorite. They're very likely to win. Do you think Michigan could hold up? And do you see maybe – I guess just what's your prediction? Who ends up uh, winning the national championship? I think Georgia does wind up winning it again. Um, I, I think they are the best team. I don't think it will be as easy as it was uh, last year in the semifinal. and. And obviously the title game was a very close game as well until uh, Jamison Williams injury. And some might say mm-hmm. that Williams did not get hurt. Uh, that might win. But but I, I think I still think the same problems that Georgia presented for Michigan last year would present themselves again this year. So uh, I do think Georgia will wind up winning. Love it. Uh, let's bring up that recap graphic again. Just some Peach Bowl uh, best bets there. Chris is taking Ohio State plus six and a half. I'm going to take the Georgia team total over. 34 and a half as my best bet. And now let's talk about the fun ones. Let's talk about some bowl games here. Uh, for yourself. 
<laughs> we're going to be bouncing around chronologically here. So we'll be a little out of sorts uh, timeline wise, but we have some good bets in here and we'll start um, with blowout city. And, you know, there's not a lot of big line spreads, but these are games that you know, the two of us think can maybe get a little lopsided quickly. So we'll start with the Camilla bowl on uh, December 27th, Georgia Southern uh, laying three and a half against Buffalo bear. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah. I was surprised this number was this low. Um, you, you see Buffalo really limping in to, uh, to bowl season, uh, getting very, very, very fortunate uh, to beat Akron uh, in, in their final game of the year to get bowl eligible. It started off well and it's really slid down the stretch. And on the other hand, you, you've got a Georgia Southern team, which has won at Nebraska uh, this year. They did beat James Madison. Uh, they, they, they play South Alabama well. They, won, they, they beat Appalachian State in the final game of the regular season to get below Van Trees uh, and that offense should be okay here uh, against Buffalo's defense. You're only laying three and a half. Uh, Mac teams typically do not play well uh, in ball games. If you, if you, if you, if you fade Mac teams in the ball games, you've done pretty well o- over a, a prolonged period of time. So uh, Clay Helton was a hire that wasn't necessarily very popular or kind of raised some eyebrows to start the year, but, but I do think, uh, they do get a win here, and what whatever fans will be at the game, being that the game is going to be in Montgomery, will be Georgia Southern fans. I'm gonna, I think this one could turn into a very uh, lopsided Georgia Southern win. Yeah, I was very plugged into Buffalo's last game, that uh, snowed out uh, Buffalo Akron game mm-hmm. on a championship weekend. I had the Buffalo win total <laughs> over. We had to grind that one home on Friday afternoon. You gotta, so. what, what, what a hell of a play by that kid, by the way, too. We reached. <laughs> Make the catch and then have the, the wherewithal to know the other reach behind and backwards to break the plane of the goal line with the ball. So uh, yeah, that, uh, that got me that got me through my Friday afternoon uh, pretty well there <laughs> getting that one home. Um, but yeah, my blood city and this line is starting to move like within the last hour. I think I saw Washington State's offensive coordinator uh, Eric Morris. He's taking mm-hmm. uh, a job. I'm now drawing a blank on what job, but. Um, I think he's out. So this might be continuing to move Fresno state laying three against Washington state in the LA bowl. This is a Fresno state team. I was high on coming into the year. Washington state was high on too high on also, but this is an opt out play. Wazoo bunch of guys on the defensive side hit the portal, namely uh, Henley, their first team, all pack 12 linebacker, three wide receivers down. Uh, this is a, a defense that's going to struggle to keep up with Fresno state's offense. Jake Hayner's back. They've scored 28 or more in every game since he's returned uh, 30 or more in all of them, but the Mac Mountain West title game against Boise. I just think game in nearby LA, this Fresno state offense is humming best player on the field. Jake Hayner. I think he carves up the skeleton crew wazoo defense. So I like Fresno. I think that this game gets lopsided quickly. Uh, that's the LA bowl. That's on December 17th. So I want three, of course, a key number, but I think, you know, I think this could get the double digits really quickly. I'm not sure Washington state's very interested in playing in this game. Yeah, no, no, I, I would agree with that. that. That's actually a good one. I think you saw the way the Apple Cup went with with Penix having a, a monster game. Oh, yeah. I can probably see a very similar offensive outfit from uh, from from Hayner and the Bulldogs, and I can't wait to see where Jake Hayner goes on draft day because he's the quarterback that I would have my eye on if I were uh, a team in need of a quarterback. Yeah, uh, Jake, uh, Jake Hayner, UCLA, that comeback last year, 2 a.m. on the East Coast. I was locked in watching that one. Best game I saw all last year. 
Can't, can't teach that kind of oxy bear. You can't teach it with Jake Hayner. So there's our blowout city picks. Uh, Bears taking Georgia Southern, laying the three and a half against uh, Buffalo. And I'm going to take Fresno State laying three against Wazoo. Uh, that line's about to, looks like it's going to hit three and a half pretty much everywhere soon. So I'd say hop on that Fresno one specifically uh, pretty soon. Let's talk some underdogs though, because, you know, we didn't bring this up in the strategy part of betting bowls, at least for me. When I'm betting an underdog um, on the spread, as Jerry says, uh, go dogs. I agree. Go Fresno. Uh, betting underdogs in bowl season, I, of course, take the spread. But I also sprinkle half a unit yes. on the money line because the variance is just out of control in these games. If you're taking an underdog, they are probably more likely to win than the odds indicate, um, you know, as an underdog. So let's start here because I know we're on the same side here with the Independence Bowl. Louisiana taking on Houston on December 23rd. Yeah, no, I, I have some numbers on that, too. I have to update them, but you're right. Basically, uh, the, the percentage of underdogs that cover that win outright is is through the roof, and I'll update that number and get it out at uh, some point in the next couple of days. But, yeah, I, I, I like Louisiana against Houston. I mean, you're, you're looking at the game in Shreveport. Uh, you're looking at a Houston team that did not play well for a majority of the year. How were they motivated to play this game? Typically, Danner Holgerson's teams do not play well in bowls. Uh, nine bowl games, three and six outright, two and seven against the number. Lost four of their last five bowl games by at least 14 points. And you look at the bowl games in which Holgerson's teams were favored. Three losses, two of them by double digits, and wins by uh, one and four points. So uh, there is a good track record of Holgerson and the bowl preparation for his teams against a Louisiana team that is playing essentially – uh, close to home. Uh, so if we're a regular season game, I'd want no part of Louisiana. But here, give me uh, give me the Raging Cages plus the points and on the money line. Yeah, full full agreement here. Just a few more numbers to shoot at. I mean, this is Clayton Tune and Tank Dell. That's just pretty much it for Houston. We don't even they. This is potential opt out with those two who may have like interest in transferring or you know going pro or something. But Louisiana's defense. Pretty solid unit, top 15 success rate, top 15 EPA per play. They limit explosive plays. And Houston's defense, outside the top 100 in explosive play rate, seventh most penalty yards. This is a team that, undisciplined, they went one and seven this year against the spread as a favorite. So this is not a team you're interested in backing as a favorite laying point. So I think very live in Shreveport, like you said. Um, I like the Raging Cajun as well. Uh, my underdog pick. Going with another potentially local spot here, Texas Tech catching three and a half against Ole Miss in the aptly named Texas Bowl. It's in Houston. It's about an eight-hour drive, but maybe they fly out. I think Texas Tech will have some sort of presence here. Joy McGuire kind of revitalizing the program this year. This Texas Tech team played super hard all year, finished the year on a three-game winning streak. And you look at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin flirting with the Auburn job potentially. They lose four of their last five in SEC play. Where is this team's head at going into bowl season. Um, I'll take Texas tech without a doubt here. And, you know, just a few other things, Texas tech defensive line, top 20 in tackles for loss. And Jackson dart was a little exposed at the end of the season. So I like the red Raiders high total of 70. Give me that hook. So I'll take three and a half uh, with the red Raiders, my underdog play. Yeah, no. And you mentioned they needed all three of those wins to get into a bowl. And they, they Texas tech was a team that was uh, pretty good to me this year. I had them in the right spot. So, uh, I had to give a, a, a bear award for uh, send out some thank you notes at the end of the year. Texas Tech would certainly be on that list. <laughs> I expect a, a letter in the mail, Coach McGuire, uh, from the bear here. So uh, there's our underdog plays. 
for bowl season. Uh, Chris is going to take uh, Louisiana, and I'm in agreement here. He's taking Louisiana plus six and a half against Houston, and I'm going to take Texas Tech catching three and a half against Ole Miss as we move. Again, this is bowl season, so there's going to be some random ones out there. So uh, we're looking at uh, the famous Hawaii Bowl. I, I'm pretty sure it was canceled last year due to uh, COVID slash mutiny on the Hawaii football team. Well, but uh, I, I was going to say, add, add the mutiny at Todd Brown. <laughs> as well. Uh, but we're back this year. San Diego State is laying seven against Middle Tennessee. Uh, I know I bet this at open, which like a number that is very much does not exist anymore. So I won't even talk about it. It's completely irrelevant to the bet now that's at seven. But, Chris, how do you see this game going, Middle Tennessee versus San Diego State? I like Middle Tennessee plus the points. And there may be people out there who think that this is a vacation for Middle Tennessee and they're, they're going to go out to Hawaii and just enjoy, enjoy the bowl trip. But this is a team that – they they've played well at times. They they beat Miami. Uh, they 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 got blown out obviously by James Madison, but Miami. I think had one other win that was semi impressive as well. I can't remember what it was, but winning at Utah, all them thirteen points uh, is decent. And I'm just not impressed with the San Diego State team. This is not the same San Diego State team that we were talking about in years past with with Penny and some of the players and the great defenses that they had. If you go down the list of teams, I mean, they scored three points in a loss to Air Force. New Mexico's terrible. San Jose State fell off the off the map. 14-10 win against UNLV. Nevada was terrible. Struggled with Hawaii. Blown out by Boise State. Barely beat Toledo. Blown out by, by beat Idaho State. You go down, and I, I just don't think offensively this is a really good team. And even defensively, they're not the team that they have been in the past. I, I, I can – at the very least, I, I could see maybe a Middle Tennessee team total over. Maybe Middle Tennessee's defense gets kind of abused, but Middle Tennessee plus seven seems like a play for me. Yeah, no, I mean, this opened like two and a half. Like, they, they, like uh, this number is completely out of whack now. It's way too high, especially San Diego State. Uh, converted quarterback Jalen Maiden uh, for San Diego State. San Diego State could win for sure, but I mean, laying seven in a bowl game, I, I don't, I don't uh, have any interest in going against this one. So I'm totally with you here at seven. Mine, maybe a little bit more gross, but I'm going to take the over 49 and a half in Baylor Air Force. This is the best offense that Air Force are going to see this entire season. And Baylor's offense is incredibly underrated. Top 15 success rate uh, uh, through the air, top 35 passing game overall in EPA per play. I just think Baylor's going to test this Air Force defense that is outside the top 100 in uh, passing success rate. So if Baylor can move the ball, this is not the same Baylor defense that won the Big 12 championship. No. It's, not, it's not Big Brothers Baylor defense from last year. They're bottom third in the country in line yards. Obviously, that's Air Force's bread and butter. Line yards, uh, triple option, push the ball in. Tough prep, triple options. The end of the season, again, it's an exhibition game. Is Dave Aranda really going to install the nuts and bolts defense that's going to shut down the triple option? I don't think so. And I don't like blindly betting trends, but I did find one here. Troy Calhoun, since taking over at Air Force, gone over in seven of 11 bowl games. To me, if you add some context to that, that just shows that teams aren't that great at prepping for the triple option on, in an exhibition-style game. I think that Baylor's going to challenge the Air Force side as well. I think each team could definitely get into the high 20s here, and this could clear the total. It's still at 49.5. I play this up to 50.5, uh, the Baylor Air Force over. I know people have been mentioning Air Force is a live underdog in the spot. I don't know if you have any opinion here. You know, if you go back over the last 10 years – uh, service academies are 13 and three against the number 
in Baltimore. Okay. That kind of goes w- w- with your theory about very difficult to prep for those academies, even if you still have a couple of extra weeks. I mean, there, there are a lot of, I, I mean, I remember the bowl, the bowl game of all time a few years ago when Army played Houston and you, you saw that number. And I was like, well, how, what, how Houston cannot be favored. This is going to be the all-time quit effort, and what, like fifty-five, ten? I think whatever. I watch that in my basement. I'm well aware of Army <laughs> sticking Houston like that. Yeah, so I, I, I would. Yeah, you know, the only thing that worries me is Air Force's offense has struggled um, late in the year, but 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 I, I agree. I think it's more of a play against the psyche of Baylor losing three games to end the year, Kansas State blowout, and then two games. They were in and easily could have won against TCU and Texas to finish the season. Yeah, it's been a tough setback, but like that's just variance. The Baylor had a few breaks go their way to win the Big 12 championship last year. It comes back to earth a little bit this year. I, I still, you know, Dave Aranda, former Wisconsin guy, so we, we pull for Aranda. But yeah, uh, completely agree with you there. I'd lean towards the Air Force side. So let's bring up that full recap graphic and uh, we'll uh, get on with the show here as we bring it up. So there's a first really quick, our underdog or trust me pick. Hawaii Bowl, Middle Tennessee, plus seven versus San Diego State from the Bear. And then I'm taking the over in Air Force Baylor. Over, uh, that's over 49 and a half in the Armed Forces Bowl. And then for our full recap graphic, we'll get back to the college football playoff stuff that we had. Uh, Chris, all his bets are Michigan minus seven and a half against TCU. Ohio State plus six and a half against Georgia. Georgia Southern minus three and a half against Buffalo. Louisiana plus six and a half against Houston. And then Middle Tennessee plus seven versus San Diego State. And then for yours truly, uh, Michigan TCU first half under 30, the Georgia team total over 34 and a half, Fresno State minus three against Washington State, Texas Tech plus three and a half against Ole Miss. And lastly, Air Force Baylor over 49 and a half. Uh, And there's a bunch of bets for you. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. If you have anything you want to plug, any podcasts or columns you want coming up, please, this is your time. Yeah, no, we'll have uh, the final pod with Steve and I. We'll be up uh, uh, next Wednesday. We decided it was a good day kind of in between the opening rush of these games and then before the bigger bowls get going. And then we'll have a a column posted on uh, ESPN.com on Thursday. We'll uh, we'll be the start of it. And then as plays become known, we'll kind of everyone, myself, Steve, uh, Joe, Doug, Anita, Aaron, everyone else will kind of just add to it uh, as we go along with, with things we like and, and such. So uh, bookmark that that link and it'll kind of get refreshed throughout the year. But uh, yeah, pod will be uh, the final pod will be next uh, next uh, Wednesday the twenty first is that is that day. So yeah, look looking forward to uh, to that. And we'll kind of rip through everything then too. I look forward to tuning in. That's Chris Felica. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Felica, the bear. He's a legend. I appreciate you coming on. Best of luck with the bowl bets. Best of luck to Croatia. I'm not even sure what the score is right now. But well, we're, 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 we're perfect. We're nil nil 30 minutes in and we got, we got Croatia to advance and we got under three and a half. So this is a, uh, this is a good start to this match. I love it. Well, best of luck with that one. Best of luck with the bets and best of luck with everything in the future. We'll talk soon. Thanks Reed. There he is. Chris, the bear Felica. So in the meantime, uh, as we wrap up the show, I have a few more bets I'm going to rattle off. Make sure to ask some questions. Uh, any bowl pool questions, I'm happy to answer any of them. But just three more bets I want to mention and some of the bigger games, two of the bigger games at least. One of them is just a random bowl game that I really like. But um, the Cotton Bowl, Tulane sitting around like a pick em. Um, I still like Tulane. Caleb Williams, people are going back and forth on if he's going to play or not. 
I still don't think he's going to play. Lincoln Riley mentioned a significant hamstring injury for Williams in the Pac-12 championship game. It's not just him, though. He's going to be back next year, the Heisman winner. But pro prospects across the board on this USC team, uh, like Addison, I just think they're really going to play in this Cotton Bowl against Tulane. It's a raw number I make of three and a half. I'm still not there. This is a USC defense, bottom five in success rate. Tulane more than capable on the ground with Ty J Spears, Michael Pratt through the air at quarterback. Um, USC also miserable special teams. Willie Fritz, 12 and eight against the spread in bowl games. That's a Tulane head coach. He's staying after flirting with the Georgia Tech job. I just think, I think that Williams isn't going to play. I think that Tulane's going to close a favorite. So I'll take the pick. Even if Williams plays, I'll take a shot on Tulane. I, I think that this is their year and um, they're going to be up for this one. Um, and uh, yes, I, the Zach Shaken character has been in the comments all year long, handing out losers. So I would agree, uh, Casey, to uh, maybe we should fade this guy. He did also say Wazoo plus three. I, I'm on the complete opposite side there. I love Fresno. Uh, another one, uh, Rose Bowl, Penn State. Um, I, I played the over really early. I now like Penn State at anything with a plus next to it. I think that Utah losing Dalton Kincaid, their star tight end, I think that's going to be a huge issue against Penn State that has plenty of depth and has been honestly just bludgeoning teams since that Ohio State loss. Um, since October 22nd, they scored 30 or more against the likes of Ohio State, Minnesota. This Utah defense isn't that great, even though we rode their uh, coattails all the way to the Pac-12 title. I think Penn State's probably going to win this game outright. I think the game goes over the total. Um, so Penn State, um, I think those threes are gone um, as I pull it up. But I think Penn State money line even is a good bet. Uh, yeah, threes are kind of gone, but Penn State money line still good to me. And last one, I gave this out on bet slip last week if you tune into that. But Duke minus one and a half, minus two against UCF. Absolutely. This is shaping up to be my favorite bull bet, I think. Duke's defense is top 10 in EPA per rush allowed um, on the UCF side. They need to set up the run game to open up their passing game. Mikey Keene, their pocket passing quarterback, he's in the transfer portal. So he's not going to play. It's going to be a banged up John Reese Plumley. After that AAC championship game where they got gashed, I just don't see him getting up for this one. And on the other side, Duke, eight wins. Mike Elko, first year at coach, ACC coach of the year. It's their first bowl game since 2018. I think you see Duke really up for this one. I like Duke a lot. That number's been trickling towards the Blue Devils side. They're now consensus minus two favorite. Uh, I like the Blue Devils quite a bit. I still think that they win this one outright. Um, as I scroll through the board, I could kind of throw out some other things that stand out as we open up uh, kind of some office hours, some other questions. Um, let's see if we want to flash some questions as I look through the screen. Um Kansas, Arkansas is another one. Uh, that total has been kind of climbing. It's at a nice round number of 69 right now. I'd still go over. I think KJ Jefferson is going to end up playing in this game. Even if he doesn't play, both teams outside the top 100 in explosive rush defense, both bottom half of the country in red zone touchdown percentage. There's going to be points all over the board here. Um, Kansas really pumped to be in a bowl game. Arkansas, still an SEC team that could score. I, I think I like the over there. I think that that total should um, start with a seven instead of a six. Um, as Casey says, thoughts on the Boca Raton Bowl? He may go. Is that Liberty Toledo? As I try to pull it up really fast, uh, Boca Raton, yeah, Liberty Toledo. So Liberty loses coach Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Uh, plenty of guys banged up by the end of the year. I don't really trust Jason Candle as a big favorite with Toledo. That market is currently 
if I could find the screen. Tulis are on a five-point favorite, total of 54. I'd go under, if anything, the Boca Raton Bowl. And I don't know, maybe don't go. Uh, that game may not be as exciting as people want um, it to be. As I saw Jerry asked about um, uh, opt-outs or something or another, any games you'd specifically wait to bet on. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a few games like closer to New Year's Six that you may want to wait on. Alabama uh, taking on Kansas State. That number is now three. That's expecting that Bryce Young is going to probably opt out, expecting that Will Anderson is going to opt out. All these guys on Kansas State are going to be up to play, but it's still Alabama. Their backups are still probably more talented than Kansas State, so you may want to wait on that one and come back on the Alabama side. Um, that's just one. Um, ones with players that have pro prospects that are likely to go pro I would wait on another one, UCLA Pitt. We saw Pitt quarterback Keaton Slovis enter the transfer portal. He's now obviously not playing. They have very, very limited experience behind him. And on the UCLA side, you have veterans that may want to go pro. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Jake Bobo, Zach Charbonnet, uh, the Murphy twins on the defense side of the ball. They're all practicing right now, but they could quickly just get some reps in and just leave. So you know, UCLA went from, I believe it opened at under a field goal. It's now at five and a half, six. I'm waiting to see where that goes. I'm kind of hoping I can maybe get in on an under bet there. So I would maybe make a list of players that you've been following this year that you think could be going pro and follow the practice reports, follow the coach quotes, and you can maybe get an edge there and, you know, get ahead of some moves. Um, if we want to bring up any other questions, I'm not sure there are any other ones in the chat. Um, as, uh, Zach said, Wazoo plus three, not really sure I'm down to, uh, go with that one. Uh, I like Fresno a lot. I think that Fresno is going to blow them out, honestly. Um, as I do one last scroll of the screen, what bowl team is an early read special simply based on who is going. Um, I would have said SMU against BYU. That game has gotten all sorts of out of whack. Um, I know uh, we were talking about Florida, Oregon State. I like the over in that game now that the number is just so high. I wouldn't don't, – don't bet Oregon – you missed the move on Anthony Richardson sitting. This was sitting in like under a touchdown. Now it's out to 10 because Richardson sitting. I wouldn't look to bet that. I would actually go over because I think Florida still has SEC talent on the outside and can maybe you know hit a few chunk plays to score. And Oregon State is going to be able to run just at will on this team. So um, I don't need to look there in Oregon State. Uh, what's another one that has like opt-out? potential um and i would have said kansas state alabama definitely usc tulane um that's kind of it though you kind of you're not going to learn a lot about these opt-outs until right before the game uh for the most part at this point is like you know these games start over the weekend um but yeah thank you all for questions let's pull up that recap graphic one more time and we'll wrap this show um, so just go over the Bears picks again. He took Michigan minus seven and a half against TCU, Ohio State plus six and a half against Georgia, Georgia Southern minus three and a half against Buffalo, Louisiana plus six and a half against Houston, Middle Tennessee State uh, plus seven against San Diego State. And then for me, I took Michigan TCU first half under 30, Georgia team total over 34 and a half against Ohio State, Fresno State minus three against Washington State, uh, Texas Tech plus three and a half against Ole Miss, and then the Air Force Baylor over 49 and a half. There's our bets. I will have plenty of more on my bet stamp. That's at RW33. 
um, a bunch of content on my Twitter at Reed Wallach. So a bunch of stuff there. And then as for the next time we, this show will be live, um, January 4th for the national championship game, we'll have um, some sort of preview show there. Still ironing out some details. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you for getting us over a thousand subscribers this season, but we'll have a bunch of social shorts helping you get ready for your bull pick them pools and all that. But until then, have a profitable bowl season, have a profitable college football playoff, and we will see you next time for the national championship.